How about that? Is that better? <clears throat> John chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 5. It says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by Him. And apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life. And this life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. Let's pray. God, we live in the midst of a dark world. There's darkness evil and wickedness surrounding us. You have called us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, to be light in a dark place. You've called us to be salt. Lord, may You fill us with Your grace. May You empower us with Your Holy Spirit. And may You use us in spite of us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I want you to hear the message of verse 5. In John chapter 1, and, and, and it's interesting because John takes this first chapter, the first chapter of John, uh, the first, at least the first 10-12 verses, are, uh, are known as the prologue. And John uh, spends about, uh, about 10-15 verses, and he fills those 10 or 15 verses with a plethora of theology. John comes at the end, he writes the book of John at the end of the first century during the height of uh, the Gnostic movement where, where there was a, an emphasis on knowledge and enlightenment and the idea that, 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 that this knowledge or this enlightenment could usher you into this, 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 other, this other state of utopia, this other state of, of being. And, and John begins his gospel by saying, it is all about Jesus. And it is all about, not only Jesus, but it is all about the deity of Jesus. And if you notice, he begins the book of John the same way that Moses begins the Pentateuch in the beginning. He does this on purpose. He does this on purpose to, to emphasize the deity, the preexistence, and the, the authority of the second person of the Trinity, Jesus. And as we are introduced to Jesus, we are introduced to Jesus as both the Word and the light. And as we are introduced to Jesus in verse 5 as the light, Jesus is told, we are told that in verse 5, that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. And if, if, if you have your Bibles with you, you'll notice that that there's probably a little asterisk or a little letter or a little number outside the word that says comprehend. Because the Greek word, the Greek word could also be translated, did not overcome. And so as we look at the text, if we were to replace that word comprehend with overcome, it would read like this. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Now, it's interesting. Because as Jesus was killed, as the Roman soldiers nailed Him to the cross, as Pilate pronounced His judgment, 
as they took him down from the cross and they laid his lifeless body in a borrowed tomb and rolled a stone over the entrance of that cave and sealed it, it appeared that darkness, that evil, that wickedness had won. But John makes it clear in the prologue of his gospel that in Christ was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness Not only did the darkness not overcome it, the darkness didn't even understand it. All throughout history, we have have been, we have encountered moments and times of darkness. If we start more recently, I would imagine that if I was a Jew or a Christian in Nazi Germany or in Poland, or in Europe during World War II, as Hitler's army marched across Europe and sent tens of thousands and millions to concentration camps, it would appear for a moment that darkness had won. If I was a peasant in the Middle Ages, where ignorance and illiteracy and unsanitary conditions were the norm. And I watched during the bubonic plague as one-third of the entire population died. One-third of the entire population died and they were dropping like flies. And we've all, we've all seen the, the, the movie where the guy's coming by with the wagon and he's crying out, bring out your dead, bring out your dead. And, and, and we laugh now because it's, it's, it's a parody made of it. But that's exactly what, well, that's exactly what was happening. In, in, in certain villages, entire families and entire, entire people groups were, were wiped off the face of the planet. They were, they were dying at an astronomical rate. And, and if I were a peasant in those days watching entire villages die, I would think that darkness had won. If I'm a child of Israel, if I'm a Jew, in 586, and the Babylonians march into Jerusalem and lay siege to Solomon's temple, and I watch the place that housed the very presence of God be completely destroyed and watch an army drive me and my family out of Israel and we are exiled to other nations and we are strangers in a land that is not ours and we are enslaved. I would imagine, for me, it would appear that darkness had won. Yet, All throughout history, even in the darkest of hours, God has brought forth a light. And that light has shined in the darkness. And that light has ushered in a new age. Evil and darkness are very real. They're very palpable. And they themselves, evil, wickedness, darkness, has a, has a power about it. It has a very real effect, and it affects a great many of us. 
Even in our personal lives, darkness at times will appear to triumph. Many of us have experienced great loss. And in our darkest hours, we feel the very real ramifications of that loss. We feel the very, the very effects of sin and darkness. We suffer. We hurt. We experience poverty. We suffer depression. And these are, these are very real and personal effects of evil and wickedness in this world today. But I want us to look at the text of verse 5. Because I believe that the text of verse 5 is, is a resounding, is a resounding victory for us who follow Christ. In verse 4, it says, In him, in him being Christ, was life. And the life was the light of men. And verse 5 says, The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it or did not overcome it. John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus, or John uh, writes that Jesus said, The thief comes only to steal, to kill and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Church, the reality is, is that we live in a world that if we're honest, it's more dark than it is light. It doesn't take, doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. I went to the mall on Friday, and it took me about 45 minutes to go about seven miles. It took me about 30 minutes to stand in line to buy some stocking stuffers that I had procrastinated and hadn't bought. And on Sunday morning, it takes me exactly six minutes to get to church. Why? It took me 45 minutes to go seven miles on Friday because everybody wanted to get to the mall because everybody wanted had they had to buy Christmas presents because they had forgotten to get somebody a present or or they were in a hurry trying to get their last minute shopping done or they had to pick up this or pick up that because they were going to someone's house to to and they had to bring this dish or bring that dish and if you've been around Baton Rouge the last few days you know that the traffic has been crazy but my guess is if you were at church this morning it probably didn't take you very long to get here why because the world that we live in values stuff more than they value Jesus. Because the world that we live in would much rather invest their time in entertainment than they would in serving the King of Kings. And it is not because, it is not because they're, they're, they're these evil, wicked people. It's because they're, they're human. It's because they're broken. Because we live in a world of brokenness. We live in a world of darkness. We live in a world that, 
that tells us from the moment that we wake up to the moment that we go to sleep that, that, that we should pine after the things of this world, that this world is going to give us satisfaction. This world's going to give us joy. This world's going to give us happiness. This world is going to give us this and that. And the enemy has been lying to us. And the enemy has been feeding us this, this hogwash. And the enemy has been feeding us these lies from the moment that we can open our eyes and we can understand the messages that the world is receiving us, that the world is giving us. And we live in a world that is more dark than it is light. We live in a world where, where, where lawsuits and, and deceit is the norm and where honesty and truth is the exception. We live in a world where, given the opportunity, people are going to take advantage of you rather than, rather than be kind and generous and benevolent. Why? Because that's the world that we live in. The world is more dark than it is light. And I'm not telling you anything that you don't know. You can turn on the television and you can watch the murder rate and you can watch the school shootings and you can watch the, the, the drug abuse and you can watch the... Uh, even our government leaders can't even get along. They argue and gripe and, and, and fuss about everything. Even people who claim to be Christians, who claim to follow Jesus, argue, and fight, so division... And deceit. So the world that we live in is more dark than it is light. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What's interesting is that Jesus is the source of both life and light. And as much as the darkness strives, as much as we, as much as wickedness and evil attempts. The darkness cannot and will not ever overtake the light. What's interesting is in a pitch black room, all it takes is a small glimmer of light to dispel the darkness. The other day, we were in our uh, bedroom and, and uh, going to sleep, and one of the, one of the things that, that drives me crazy at night is is whenever there's a light left on, uh, I I can you know you you're, if it's I like when I like to sleep I like it to be dark. I want I, if if the the little VCR light well, we don't have VCRs anymore the the little DVD light the little blue light. Uh, uh, whenever I was uh, in an apartment, uh, our our DVD had a little blue light on, it, and it was in my bedroom. And every night, I would I would take a little a little uh, book or something and put in front of that blue light because that blue light would drive me absolutely insane in the middle of the night because the whole room would be pitch black, and that little blue light would dispel the darkness. And after a while, what happens? Your eyes adjust, and you can see. Well, we were laying in bed. And my wife has Christmas lights plugged into every outlet in our house. And most of them, most of them are on, are on a remote control. And, and this one probably was too, but for whatever reason, whatever reason, there was a glow. Our entire house was pitch black and there was a glow coming from the dining room that was in the complete opposite end of our house. I'm laying in bed, it's pitch black, and I see this light 
And I can't figure out where it's coming from because I know that, that, that I turned off all the lights and I unplugged everything. It took me about 35 minutes, but I did. Unplugged everything and went to bed. And, and, and I'm laying in bed and about 1 o'clock in the morning, I said, okay, this is it. I can't. I, I have got to turn off this light. So I get up and I go and, and, and there, was a, uh, there was one strand of lights that didn't get unplugged or didn't get turned off. And I turned it off and I was able to go back to sleep. But I say all that to say, that the world that we live in, the offices that you go to, the, the schools that you go to, the, the families that you live in, you may say, preacher, you don't know about the darkness, about the wickedness, about the evil in the place that I, and that I work or that I, or that I go to school or the, that I live, the people that I hang out with. Jesus has called us as believers, as followers of Jesus, to be light in a dark world. He told his disciples, if they hated you, if they hated me, they will hate you also. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. You are to be the light of the world. You are to be salt of the earth. And we as Christians are to fulfill the Great Commission. We are to dispel darkness. We are to be the instruments of light. Because when the light of the world, when Jesus himself ascended into heaven, he filled us, believers, with his Holy Spirit. He filled us with the third person of the Trinity, and He has called us to be light in a dark place. He has called us to be ambassadors for Him as if God were entreating the world through us be reconciled to God. So my challenge to you tonight as we leave, just a few moments, we're going to share the Lord's Supper and we're going to pass out candles. We're going to pass out the light of Christ in a symbolic nature, to share the light of Christ and dispel the darkness. And I want to challenge you, as you interact with your fellow man, as you interact with your co-workers, with your friends, with your loved ones, with your family members, be the light of the world. Share the light of Jesus. and Dispel the darkness. you pray with me? God, as you have called us as Christians to be light in a dark world, we see the effects of darkness. We see the effects of this wicked world. God, may you empower us with your Spirit. May you allow us the ability the opportunity to be the light of the world. God, we pray that as we celebrate this Christmas Eve that we would indeed worship you for who you are, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.